0: That's right. Early bird pricing is happening right now, but not for much longer. And I can't wait to hang out with you at camp this summer and share all those juicy pet boss stories around the campfire. How were your sales this last month? Hopefully they were good. But if they were down, there's one key thing that you could be missing. And that's what we're going to talk about in this episode. Because if you carry inventory, your shelves are probably fully stocked. Maybe your social media was 100% executed. The weather was gorgeous. You even put a sidewalk sign out to draw people in. So then why are you still disappointed with how your retail sales turned out this month? Well, friends, there's way more to selling product than just putting it out there and hoping that people buy it. You have to have a whole conversation around it. The dreaded sales conversation. And in today's episode, I'm gonna break down three key areas in each transaction with every customer. And if you implement what I share today, you will be rolling in the dough next month for sure. to the boss your business podcast the show for the local pet business owner if you have a physical building carry inventory have a team or dream of having one someday then this podcast is for you you'll hear honest conversations from pet pros work in the streets of main street where dog business is big business i'm your show host candace daniolo the founder of pet boss nation and a pet business coach I've started, scaled and sold three successful pet businesses and now help mentor thousands of pet professionals to see success faster together. I'm sharing my favorite business tips with you mixed with the latest secrets of what's working now, especially in this challenging world. So if you're a pet supply store, grooming salon, dog daycare, boarding facility, pet sitter, dog trainer, or really anyone covered in fur, let's get started. First things first, you have got to be making money. You just do. You are in this business and sacrificing your time and energy to build something that can support your life, right? And hopefully is something that you can sell one day for a lot of money, right? That can set you up for the next thing that you want to do in your life or set up other people in your life. When we make money, it's a good thing having money allows us each to choose how we're going to reinvest that money into our communities, into our team, into the charities that mean things for us or into our families. It makes so many things possible. So if you struggle about charging enough, or if you struggle with growing your business and wanting to put more money in your pocket, This episode will hopefully help you reflect on ways that you can actually get your hustle game on in your physical businesses to help you put more money in your pockets. Now, you may know making money is a good thing. You may know that you've got a bunch of bills to pay and debt to get out of. And so, yeah, you love having these sales conversations, but maybe your employees don't. Did you hire real salespeople or are you hiring warm bodies to just unlock the door? right anybody who's showing up for their interviews and who'll show up for their first day of work sales and selling do not come naturally to most people most people who are good at sales have been trained on it and yeah they might have a few skill sets that come naturally to them like maybe being more outgoing or more comfortable talking with people but ultimately everybody needs to focus on sales training Online stores and big box stores will never be able to compete with you on these in-person conversations. And this is why it's so important that as leaders in our company that we not only focus on this for ourselves, but we also train our team on how to engage with people. You know, new people into the workforce, especially if they've had a lot of time on devices and behind the, the screens, they don't have as much experience working with customers and engaging with people so we have great opportunities with our physical storefronts for us to show up and shine in the sales area for our customers sometimes when i talk to pet business owners they say that they are the best salesperson and their company they can sell anything and then that same owner is behind the scenes And that's not good for two reasons. One, it's because your best salesperson should be on the floor at all times. But also, if you're not spending as much time on the floor and you're a natural at it, your team is missing opportunities where they can see you in action. You can be a visual representation for them to listen to, to understand your body language, to hear the techniques and the tips that you use on the floor to close the deal. So if that's you, I would love for you to start scheduling time for you to be on the floor to sell. And if you're someone who's taken your best salesperson and made them a manager and taken them off the sales floor, press pause right now, friends, and go and revise that schedule and get that best salesperson back on the floor. Because our team that doesn't have as much experience can learn from all of us. All right. Your business is actually only as successful as your worst performing employee. They're not getting any different customers coming in to shop with them, but the skills that they have and the techniques that they use will convert either a low average sale or a higher average sale. They're all getting access to the same customer base. So it's our jobs to set them up for success and help create the best salespeople we can. The best example of being able to convey to my team what I wanted my customers to feel uh, was to suggest that our store was actually like my house. You know, if you know me personally, you know, I love to throw parties. I love a good theme. I love going way over the top with parties and having our guests have the best time. So I like to think of that as well as in my store, right? My store is my house. We are going to make the person who's coming through our door into our home feel welcome and feel comfortable. They are going to know that I'm so glad that they're here. I'm going to help them get acquainted with where things are based on their needs and how the conversation flows. Now, I may not be in control of when they leave, but I sure can decide how I'm going to stay engaged in that conversation with them, or am I going to be busy doing other things? while they're at my house and they for sure are going to leave feeling happy, feeling full and looking forward to their next visit to our home. Now, How that relates to your store is that one, we want to make people feel welcome when they come in. We want them to know that we're excited that they're there and we need to stay engaged with them and show them around. And we want them to leave full of all the things that they need for their purchase And absolutely looking forward to their next visit back with us. So while you may not have a couch and a kitchen table to hang out at, this is your house. You make the rules and you decide how people are going to feel when they come in, how they feel when they're interacting in the business, and what their experience is like on their way out. Let's dive into three areas of sales conversations. So the first piece, and a very important piece of sales conversations, is remembering that you are in control. You control the entire conversation. Well, maybe that not the whole conversation, but you are ultimately in control. And what happens a lot of times is a salesperson says, can I help you with anything? And the person says, no. And then they say, okay, well, I'll be right over here if you need anything. And it ends there. They had all the control, and made a decision to back away from the potential sale. We don't want that to happen. Instead, when we remember that we are in charge, we can control how the conversation will keep going, okay? So even though we are in control, we do not want to monopolize all of the conversation. A big part of understanding the customer's needs is asking questions and listening and asking more questions. We also in the beginning want to build rapport, build trust, establish likability. You wanna show them your personality. We wanna get to know their personality. We even need to fully understand their pet's personality. So the can I help you with anything question is a yes or no question. What we want to do is ask questions that are open-ended, right? Remember, we are in control. We decide the information that we would like to pull out of why the customer is there. So an alternative question would be, what brings you in today? Or who is the special pet that you're shopping for? You will at least with those questions... Get a different answer that will allow you to continue the conversation and allow you to keep probing a little bit further. The first whole part of the sale is just about getting to know each other, because then once we know each other and we know why they're there and we know what they're looking for, we can move on to step number two, which is that we want to show, show, show until they say no. Say it with me, show, show, show until they say no. I've talked about this in previous podcast episodes. It is one of the best things you can do for yourself on your sales floor with you and your team is post this up or say it in your head, show, show, show until they say no, because this is the show and the tell part that's so great in retail environments. Okay. During the second part of the sale, we are still going to be asking questions. We are still listening to them. We're still building rapport and the trust, and we're still inserting all this amazing knowledge and education that we have about the products and about pets. And we are still establishing our likability with the customer because we are in control. So part one leads into part two. Part two is our show and tell. This is where we are going to literally connect as many dots as we can. We are going to connect product to problem, to product to problem, and we are going to anticipate the future needs of this customer. Write that one down. We need to become better at anticipating the needs of what this person is going to experience when engaging with this product or when engaging with their pet using this product. Let me give you an example. Somebody comes in because their dog is pulling. They walk in and they're like, I need a leash that stops my dog from pulling. Well, we all know that (laughs) there's no such miracle leash out there. Well, I mean, maybe there's a, there's one or two that work for some dogs, but there are some products that can start to help make it easier for us to start to train our dogs to walk and heal closer to us. Right? So the person comes in, they're looking for the leash that's going to stop the dog from pulling we decide to segue them over to a harness that will slow the dog down or keep them closer to us. Connecting the dots and suggesting and anticipating the future needs of this customer. Well, let's say that dog has longer fur that is going, or hair that's going to get matted and not up. Anticipating that future need for them allows us to show them the next product. We're gonna show them the dematting brushes. We're going to, yes, tell them about another potential problem that could happen because of this harness. But if we've already closed the deal and they are bought into that harness, it's now time to show them the next thing. We show them the next thing, anticipating that potential problem. They now buy the brush, or they might tell us that they already have a brush at home. Either way, you are showing. We show, show, show until they say no. But let's say in this example that they say, yes, great, I need a slicker brush. It would be very common, I would say, that most people stop the sale there. And they're like, great, yes, I've helped that customer. I've sold a $40 harness and we added on. Woohoo, I'm done. Not so fast. You show, show, show until they say no. The person bought the harness. They said yes. They're buying the slicker brush. They said yes. What's the next thing to connect the dots? Maybe it's that in talking with the customer, because you're asking questions and you're listening, you find out that they're going to be starting a training class soon with their pet. Fantastic. Sounds like you need some treats for your training class. Do you have them already? Or can I show you some of our most popular training treats? I've never met a dog that doesn't like these treats. They say, yes, show me the treats. You show the treats. They buy in done. Don't stop there. Show, show, show until they say no. Now we move over to the training treat pouches because guess what? Treats can sometimes crumble and make a mess. And yes, you can portion them out into Ziploc bags, but it's just nice to keep this treat pouch in your coat pocket or attached to your leash for your harness that you're going to go out on. And you will always have treats with you. They may or may not say yes to that. If they say yes, you just added on one more item. We are now four or more items in friends. I wouldn't stop there. I would keep going. I would look at their collar and I would see if the dog has an ID tag on it or not. If it doesn't have an ID tag, I would say something like, you know, I noticed that your dog doesn't have an ID tag on. We have this tag system right here where we can print one right now for you. And you can pick from all these awesome styles. We could even find one that matches your new harness. If they say, yes, I just showed them that I've now added on again. I think you can understand here now what I mean by connecting all the dots and by repeating in our own minds in a sales conversation, show, show, show until they say no, not in an aggressive, unuseful way, right? We want to anticipate their future need. We are identifying things that we know that they need. So it's not being pushy, it's actually Coming from a place of wanting to help them, it's from a place of service, so that when they get home, they're not realizing that they forgot to get training treats or that they are upset that the dog's hair is now matting. Like they need us to anticipate what's going to happen because we are the experts. We understand the products fully. We should understand how they're going to be used in the real world. And what else the customer might need. This is what our friend Bob Nagin always says is the perfect purchase, right? We want to help them make the perfect purchase. In this example of show, 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 we have taken something that might have been only a $30 sale all the way up to potentially a $300 sale. If you and your team did that with every customer, imagine how much your sales could grow. The last part, and tip number three here is to understand that the transaction goes all the way to the end, all the way to the end, maybe even after they're already at home. <laughs> They've left the building and the transaction's still going on. Okay. Here's how. So now we get the customer to the register. They've shown, we've shown, showed, show them everything. And they've said, no, they finally said, no, they're like, no, Candace, I do not want an ID tag. Thank you very much. I have now spending my whole paycheck at your business. (laughs) I don't need that. Fine. They've said, no, we get them to the register. Now we're ready to check out. You should still always offer them something that's at the register, keep things at the register that are new and exciting, or that you're sampling out, or that you've got a great deal on. And they might take you up on that additional add-on at the register. Then we want to get our customer's information added into the database. We want to get them signed up for our loyalty programs. We want to make sure that when we're at the register, even if they've previously signed up for it, that when we pull up their information, we have everything that we need. Just because a customer didn't want to sign up the last time they were at your business doesn't mean they won't sign up again. So like at my store, we would always assign a name to the sale and we would ask people if they wanted to join our list. But if they said no, we still put their name attached to the sale. I just wouldn't have any contact information for them. Well, we'd still ask them every time because we knew that eventually they would fall in love with us and want to know when we were having our events and our promotions and our sales, and they might have more time to give us that information. At the register, you can still tell them about an upcoming event or a new service that they maybe haven't heard of before. You can offer to help them out to their car. You say thank you for the purchase. And how this continues once they go home is that you could even follow up with a thank you card. I I know that that's shocking to even think about. (laughs) And you're probably saying, I can't possibly send thank you cards to every customer Well, maybe not every customer, but you could send them to the brand new people who've signed up for your customer list that day. Or maybe it's a handful of customers that you engage with or customers purchases over a certain amount. And this isn't something that you have to do. This is something that each of your sales associates could do. That postcard or handwritten letter, maybe the letter has some stickers inside it or something thoughtful and fun or a question you might be asking about how the dog liked the products that were purchased. We get so little mail actually nowadays because everything's been automated. And when we do get mail, it's lots of fun to get some happy mail. And that kind of happy mail would really stand out and is a way to go above and beyond. And almost going back again to thinking of your store like a party, you know, it's another way to elevate the experience and a way to be different than big box stores. So, key elements to all sales conversations is one, knowing that you are in control, but not monopolizing the time. Asking questions, listening, asking more questions, building that rapport, establishing that likability. Then we move on to the show and tell. The show, show, show until they say no. Connect all the dots. And then we don't stop. We keep going all the way to the end, taking every opportunity we have at the register, all the way out to helping them into their car, and then following up with some form of sending a thank you letter. Maybe it's sending them a text to leave you a review, or maybe it's even a phone call or an email later checking in on how their pet thought about the product. I know what you're thinking. You're like, Candace, my store is too busy. I can't follow them around like that. Well, maybe you can't do it with everybody, but you can certainly identify the shoppers who are more interested in having a sales associate engage with them or the people who are asking questions and wanting help. Okay. An example would be, you know, I've gone to some bigger stores before and I go, I find a sales associate and they're usually all either at the registers or they're busy restocking shelves. Okay. They're definitely working, but I'll ask them a question. They walk me over, they show me where it is and they stop engaging with me, right? They basically abandoned me in the aisle. And we don't want that. Stay with that customer, help them answer more questions. Then there's your opportunity to connect the dot and continue to help them. Okay. I know you're also saying, Candace, I can't leave the register. There are just too many people in the store and there's always a little bit of a line. So I just have to pretty much stay up there the whole time. If that is you, you need to hire another person. Okay. If you can't ever leave your register, it is time to hire another team member because you are missing all of that sales conversation time on the floor. Okay. Or you're saying, Candice, I don't want to bother people. I really don't want to bother people and be pushy. What? They came into your store. They reached out to you. They are there because they want to shop. Even if they say they're just looking something drew them into there. You can still turn that browser into a buyer. You just have to stay on the floor. You don't have to hover right next to them, but you need to be available. And as they start to pick up product and look at things, you can, by just watching them determine like maybe what they're kind of more into or how long they look at something. And when they start holding on to that product and digging a little deeper, that's when you approach and you start probing a little bit more and just continue to ask them questions about their pet or what they're drawn to about that product. Instead of saying, can I answer any questions about that? You know, that's like, yes or no question. Again, we want to ask them open-ended questions. So putting yourself on the floor monitoring their behavior, seeing for that, you know, looking, looking for that right opportunity for when you can kind of swoop in and worst case scenario, even if they don't buy anything, you can do two other things. One, you could give them a 15% off coupon to come back like a bounce back coupon. You could also ask them if they'd like to just at least sign up for your customer list to hear about upcoming events and specials. And maybe for doing so, you'll give them that coupon or a free gift. So there's ways to still convert that person who says they're just looking, even though they came through your door. Okay. Don't give up on them. Now, all sales come down to understanding the shopper and us, remembering that we are controlling that situation to help convert these shoppers into customers. There are actually seven different customer types there's the researcher the tech flexing customer, the last minute shopper, the deal chaser, the impulse buyer, the VIP, and of course, this window shopper. You know, in the Pet Boss Club, we dive even deeper into these seven customer types. So if you want to learn more, you really need to join us in the Pet Boss Club. You see, while I know you're getting so much good stuff in these podcast episodes and our blog and our free Facebook group community, our membership is really where it's at. That is where you get the feedback and what you're working on, where you get extra support and accountability, and you put all these ideas into action in a place with people who get you, who are just like you, who are cheering you on and wanting you to succeed. Enrollment will open soon. So I want to make sure you're on our wait list. Definitely check out petbossclub.com if you're interested in joining us. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode today. And now maybe you have a better understanding that that stuff isn't going to just sell itself that we have to activate and get engaged and kind of hold our customer's hand through the whole experience so that we can show, show, show until they say no. All right, guys, until next time, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and go boss your business. Guys, I'm just so honored that you are tuning into this podcast. And did you know that we've already reached the top 3% of all podcasts across the globe? It's amazing. We're climbing the charts because of our awesome listeners like you. I know there's still pet professionals out there who need to hear all of our doggone good tips shared on this show. Can you help us find them? You know, how you do that is that when you click to follow the podcast or the more you download different episodes, or if you choose to leave us a review, those things will help the podcast get pushed out into the world so that more people who need to hear this will find it. Thanks so much for your support. And until we talk next week, stay focused, stay motivated and go boss your business.